Hey, how many of you today are saying, I would love to live in the blessing of God? How many of you would like to live in the blessing of God? In fact, I would doubt that probably many of you walked through this door hoping for like the curses of God right, on your life. Just like, just invite those curses of God. No, it's like, if you're here, it's because you're like leaning in saying, man, God, if you've got something for me, I want it. I I want it all. And uh, and we're going to be looking at a passage of scripture today that has to do with living in such a way that we invite the blessings of God into our life and into our story. Um, We're reading through the New Testament, and right now, um, we are in the book of Hebrews. Um, If you're reading 260 along with us, give me a little noise. Make a little noise. Come on. Awesome. And we're going to be in Hebrews chapter 6, just this one little illustration that the author of Hebrews gives, and uh, I'd like us to Think about this as, as I read it. Would you go ahead and put it up on the screen? This is Hebrews 6, 7 through 9. It's an illustration. It's a picture, a word picture that the author is using here. And he says this, land that drinks in the rain. Hello, Californians. <laughs> land that drinks in the rain, often falling on it. And that produces a crop useful to those for whom it is farmed receives the blessing of God. Now, I love that. It's so good that these two things are going on, this drinking in the rain that is falling on the land and then producing this useful crop. That kind of land receives the blessing of God. But... Land that produces thorns and thistles is worthless and is in danger of being cursed. In the end, it will be burned. Now, even though we speak like this, dear friends, even though I'm using this like illustration, he says, we're convinced of better things in your case. The things that have to do with salvation. So in other words, it's like, I, I, you know, he's, he's saying to his friends, it's like, I'm looking at you. We're not talking about being cursed here. We're talking about being blessed by God. I'm convinced that there's better things than curses in your case. So notice that the author quickly points out here that he's not really talking about the land. He's not really talking about rain. He's not really talking about crops and he's not really talking about weeds He's talking about people. He immediately takes this illustration and says, yeah, but hey, we're talking about you. He's talking about us. This is something for you and me, and he's talking about how to live in that place that God will bless. Listen, the ideas that are here in this one little illustration, land drinking in the rain, and then producing a harvest. This is like a pattern that we see all the way through scripture. All the way through scripture. This receiving and then giving. Reaping and sowing. We see this all through scripture. In fact, I could take you back to one of my very favorite 
passages, which is Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, when it talks about being fruitful and multiplying. But I wanted to share with you just one other scripture today that just shows this pattern, this established pattern of both receiving and giving, and that this like twofold thing going on is what actually creates the conditions in which we're living this life that is blessed by God, both receiving and giving. It's from 2 Corinthians, and Paul writes this in chapter 9. He says, Remember this, whoever sows, sparingly, like not giving away very much. They're also going to reap or receive sparingly. And whoever sows generously, like, man, we're just, we just live to give, right? Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. You see this pattern, this receiving, this giving? It says each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. And I love that because it's like, I, as a pastor, you know, um, there's always maybe the, the thought, man, is, is that guy up there, is he gonna like twist our arms, man? They're just talking about us being givers and like, oh man, I hate when I feel like that, that emotional, you know, burden of like, man, they're just trying to make me do something. No, the, we're not to give under compulsion, meaning like somebody forcing you to do it. Somebody twisting your arm behind your back. You better give, get some more. <laughs> Each of you should give what you've decided what? In your heart to give. Something that God, in other words, something that God is forming within you. Like, man, I don't know, but I... I think I'm supposed to like give in this manner. I'm supposed to like generate. I'm supposed to produce. I'm supposed to produce a crop, right? That is, what did it say in Hebrews chapter six? That is useful. I wanna give something away that is useful for others. Each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion for God loves a cheerful giver. It's like, yes, but then see what it says. And God is able to bless you. How? Abundantly. Do you see how, how this giving and receiving, this sowing and reaping is tied to God's blessing? And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need. Now, yes, Lord. I want to receive. You will abound in every good work. Giving. Giving and receiving. And I'm telling you, this is a pattern. I could take you through literally dozens of scriptures all through the Bible that, that illustrate and talk about this very same pattern. It is how we were created. Humanity was created to be these people who receive from God and then give it away freely, like this beautiful, beautiful thing, giving and receiving. Listen, living in relationship with Jesus is not just about receiving God's blessing. More, Lord, come on, just bring it on. I, just 
More, more, for me, it's for me. It's this, this living relationship with, with Jesus is not only about receiving, but it's also not only about giving. Like, can I just ring you out a little bit more? I know you got more in you. It's not only about giving. It's not only about receiving. It's about both happening in this beautiful rhythm, powerful rhythm of spiritual life in Jesus. Not good? Now, in this case here in Hebrews, the illustration is being the kind of soil that does that. The kind of soil that both receives the rain and then gives a good crop. This is the kind of life that God will bless. So let's, let's just look just at that first verse, Hebrews 6, 7. It's a little bit more closely and then just kind of like take it apart a little bit. Can we do that? You ready? I, I need some feedback here. You ready? Let's go. You ready to drink in the rain? Here we go. You ready, you, you ready to receive? Mm. Hebrews 6, 7. Land that drinks in the rain, often falling on it, and produces a crop useful to those for whom it is farmed, receives the blessing of God. Now listen, very frequently at Santa Maria Foursquare Church, now we talk about what it looks like to have a productive faith. Now we read over and over, that our faith is actually meant to produce good stuff. It's not just this internalized little private faith that we have. It has actually been given to us by God to transform us in such a way that we would get out there and do good works. In fact, I'm just gonna go right down here because I'm remembering that last week, Pastor Kalen, man, brought this like bombshell message about this very thing, about having a productive faith. She talked from Galatians 5, where it says, the only thing that counts, right? When it all comes down to it, this is what really matters. Expressing your faith in love. The only thing that counts is expressing your faith in love. That's what God says, a faith that matters, a faith that counts is one that is expressed. In other words, having a productive faith. And if you were here last Sunday, you got one of these little cards. And on there, we just listened to the Lord and said, God, this week, how am I to go and express my faith in some loving action towards someone in my life? I am hoping you did this. Because I, when I prayed, I was reminded of, someone's name, someone in our community. And this week I got to go and do this and live this out. And can I tell you, it was beautiful. It was meaningful. It was so good. And, and this other individual who I just like loved on, it just expressed, man, that was so deeply meaningful to me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I needed that. We don't know how God will use that productivity in our lives. We talk about that a lot here at our church. But today, I'm gonna flip it. Instead of looking at how we can give more, I want us to think this morning about how we can receive more. How can we be that land that drinks in the rain?
And I'm going to ask a question about what is stopping us. What is stopping you from drinking in the rain? Is something stopping you from receiving what God has for you? Now, in this passage about the land that's blessed, we, we notice it's doing both things, right? It's both receiving in the rain and producing this useful crop. What would stop the land from drinking in the rain? What would cause us to be unable to receive the very resource that God is providing? Now, so we got land and we got rain. I, I wanna be very clear about something. This is a land problem, not a rain problem. This is a land problem. We're the land, we're the soil in the story. This is a land problem, not a rain problem. Unlike our state that has experienced so much drought um, over the past years, up until just the, the past months, there is no drought with God. There's no drought with him. Man, we just read the words of Paul that God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. He provides everything for us that we need. This is not a rain problem. And I love the word picture that the author of Hebrews gives us when he says that the land has this rain often falling upon it. It's a beautiful picture of God continually pouring out all the resource we need at all times. So you'd have all that you need. The rain is often falling upon us. He's a God of abundance. Listen, if he gave his only son for us, do you think that like he's gonna like stop at some like rain that is needed, some a much lesser blessing, something resource that we would need in our stories. This is a land issue, not a rain issue. Plus, he has unlimited resource. Unlimited. Now, I love how uh, the psalmist in Psalm 50 talks about this, that God is the God of unlimited resource. Like whatever is needed, it, listen, it's at his disposal. In Psalm 50, the, the psalmist is like writing this like, it's almost like a court case. He's bringing these charges against God's people. But I want you to listen to what he says about God's, like the ownership of everything. It's in Psalm 50, verses 10 through 12, where he says, for all the animals of the forest are mine, God says. And I own the cattle on a thousand hills. I know every bird on the mountains. And all of the animals of the field are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you. <laughs> For all the world is mine and everything in it. He is unlimited. Listen, whatever kind of rain you need in your life, he can provide it. Right? If it's, if it's money that you need, listen, God is not stopped at bringing that kind of resource. If it's peace that you need, it's yours. Whatever is needed, God can provide 
because he has unlimited resource. So back to this illustration. This is clearly not a rain problem. It's a land problem, the soil of our own heart. God not only can make it rain, blessing and resource, but it says he does it often. So why wouldn't we be drinking deeply? Listen, there's two reasons that the land won't drink. One is that it's oversaturated, right? When that sponge is already full, ain't no more water getting into that sponge. Same with the land. So one, there could be an oversaturation problem. Or secondly, the land could just be so hard baked, could like almost be paved over. So when the rain comes, what does it do? It just runs right off, right down the gutter, right in the sewer. Water's gone. Does not, the land doesn't drink in the rain because of the hardness of the soil. Now, when I woke up this morning, I was planning on talking about both of those, having an oversaturated soul, having a hard heart. But when I woke up this morning, I just was laying in bed early this morning, still dark outside, and I just really felt like God kind of just shifted my heart. Um, and so I'm not gonna be talking about those of us who have a hard heart. I'm gonna talk just about having this oversaturated soul. One that is so filled with other things that we can no longer drink in the rain from our abundant God who is often raining his grace, his resource upon us. When we think about being oversaturated, what we're not talking about is being oversaturated with Jesus. It's in John 7 that Jesus says that he's the living water. And you know what? You can never have too much of living water. We're talking about being oversaturated with other things that would just take up all the room in our soul so that we no longer have any room for the work of God or even the blessing of God. Now listen, have you ever eaten like a huge dinner? I may have done that last night. In fact, I promise you that I did. Uh, my wife made some fantastic chicken parmesan. And uh, yeah, I, I should have stopped um, after, after that first portion. Um, but there was more because she's like Jesus. There's this abundance of like love coming my way. And so I went back and yeah, I had more and then I had some more. I was so full. But have you ever, have you, have you ever had like this massively big meal? Like I just cramming in that very last bite because it's good. And then you find out, only then you find out that they're also serving dessert. <laughs> now, I'm telling you, I promise you, I did not have any dessert last night. But if you've ever been that, you know, like you go out to eat or whatever, you're over a friend's house, man, they had just like heaping this food on and it's like, oh, I am to the rafters on this, you know, meal. And then they bring out the dessert. You don't want, you don't want them to feel bad or whatever. But it's like, it could be your favorite dessert in the world. And this week's my birthday, you already heard that. So I can tell you, 
Every birthday I have the same thing, man. It is this crazy, wonderful lemon cake. It is like, it is so moist, but then like there's this drizzled glaze that's like tart and lemony and it's so, oh, my, my mouth is watering right now. But then like when I was in high school or whatever, I discovered I love that super tart lemon cake with really good, rich chocolate ice cream. Like just all right, I mean like everybody liked it, that lemon and chocolate going on. I am like salivating right now. It is so good. And don't bring me that like wimpy chocolate ice cream. You know, that just kind of looks like, I don't know, I don't know what it looks like. It's about this color right here. You know, you're, I hate that chocolate ice cream. So I want Dryer's chocolate ice cream. I want something like, you paid a little, it looks more like the color of chocolate, actually. I don't care whether you bring me my favorite dessert. Oh, here's your like lemon cake, moist and tart, and man, there's a big scoop ice cream, and I'm just like, can't do it. Why? Because I am oversaturated. There is simply no more room. And if you've been paying attention over these past months, there's another illustration. It's the state that we're living in, California. Man, we've been praying for rain, literally. I walked in this room in this past season praying, God, man, bless our land. God, bless our farmers. Bless our state. God, we are dry. We are crispy, Lord. God, you do know that this state that I am living in and standing in produces more produce than any other state in our entire nation. We need rain, God. Come on, God's brought rain. Praise the Lord. But we have had what they call atmospheric rivers, 13 of them just in the past months that have just been so saturating our land and the rivers and the reservoirs. Praise God, they're full. Man, isn't that amazing when you see those pictures? But listen, if we had much more rain, it would just get dangerous because there's no more room in the reservoirs. So what happens? It just like gushes out. I mean, whole communities become flooded and becomes very dangerous because why we get to that point of oversaturation where there's, there's no more room. In our lives, many of us feel oversaturated because of the busyness of this like crazy world that we live in. So just busy. Now, I'm so thankful just looking out today and I'm, I'm so glad that you are here because you know what? I, I, I recognize, not just as a pastor, but just as a guy, just like you, like we are living in a very busy world. So for you to like dedicate kind of 90 minutes like on a Sunday when you could be doing all kinds of other things, not to freak you out because you're like <laughs> grabbing your phone, your calendar, maybe I should leave now. <laughs> I'm just so thankful that you're here because we live very busy lives. Listen, many of us are like in work kind of scenarios that like could almost like take over if we let it. You know, and a lot of people more than we used to like even bring that work home with you. You know, it's like 
so not everybody has a job. You can just like leave at the office or a you know, delivery truck or whatever. Where it's like, I'm parking it. I ain't thinking about it till tomorrow. There's a lot of people that actually like kind of bring home work with them. Kids. How I many you got kids? Or grandkids, right? I got both. Uh, kids are grown, but man, grandkids. Kids take a lot of time. Woo! Take a lot of our time, our energy. Man, it's not only the conversations, but it's like the driving around here and there. It's all the school stuff. Man, when our kids were in school, I remember getting so angry at times because it's like, they're sending home homework. They know that kid can't complete without me. (laughs) They're intentionally doing this to mess with me. Do they already know how busy I am? And I just feel my blood pressure rising, you know? And then, man, you throw in a couple sports teams and let's throw a travel team on top of that or whatever. And we had kids involved with all that. I get it. And it's like, oh my gosh, you kids. Woo. Keep us busy. And then just the, just the normal human responsibilities that like we all have just to like function. Right? How many of you know it's probably good to like clean your house once in a while? I mean, it takes time, it takes energy. How many of you know we should probably clean our clothes? You know, every once in a while, you know, it's good. Keep, keep people close to us. Don't want to like, takes time. Man, just doing the shopping, like just to keep food on the table or, you know, it's like all that stuff, man, just takes time. Anybody got a car? Anybody ever need to maintain that car? Oh, man, how long does it take to wash a car, Doug? I mean, it's like, take hours just to do, you know, wash the car, get the oil changed, and then, heaven forbid, there's something break on your car. God, I don't have time for this. And then, oh, man, every month, what do we got to do? Pay our bills. <laughs> Sit down like, oh, again? Again, and Kelly's looking at me like, yeah, you don't do that, do you? Yeah. <laughs> but there's like bills, and then where, where are we at? We're at April 2nd. Taxes, you know, anybody like got a little extra time to finish those taxes before the middle of the month? Like we're busy. Work, family, responsibilities, and then hopefully like we're actually like saving some time to like, can anybody say sleep is important? You know, maybe a little exercise, like keep the heart pumping and, and stuff. All of this takes time. And then, as if we were, weren't busy enough, then we add this whole layer of like entertainment on top. Because why? Because we're tired. We're like, man, I'm just like, my brain is blotto. I feel like you at the end of a lot of days where it's like, I just want to sit and be entertained for a while. So we put on some movies, we put on some videos, or we do what? Get our phones. Scroll, 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 scroll. <laughs> Hours a day. And this is like, you know, not, not to heap any, you know, shame or throw any shade because it all comes back right here. Do you know the average amount of time, this is for adults, the amount, just, just social media, not talking about 
sitting down and watching a movie with your family, making some popcorn, having some family time. I'm just talking about social media worldwide. The average adult spends two and a half hours a day. Where do you get that time? We're already busy with all these other things of life, right? All these other things, two and a half hours a day. And this has increased by an hour in the last decade. From 2012 to when they did these stats in 2022, in one decade, it grew by an hour a day. Did you just know how much, what a, what a huge percentage of your waking hours, like an hour, you know, a, a, another hour is? Two and a half hours a day. But I'm also, I've got this huge heart for young people, for children, for, for youth, because they're experiencing this at even like this more dramatic level. And so like our government, the CDC, who researches all these things and you know, does all these stats, for kids, those between 11 and 14 years of age, they spend an average of nine hours a day in front of screens. Nine hours a day. I mean, how many hours a day? Wake, I don't know. Let's do the math, right? Nine hours a day, kids between, kids between 11 and 14 spend on average. Now that's an average. And, and you go, man, my, own, my kid, they don't do, they only spend eight hours a day. Uh, <laughs> so that means, that means the kid on the other side of them is spending 10. This is an average. It's like 35% of teenagers, when they were asked, how much time are you on um, social media? 35% of them say almost constantly. Now listen, is, is all busyness bad? No, I mean, listen, man, you just read through the Bible and we are meant to be productive. We're called to not live a lazy life. But, let me just say this. If, but then when you think about spending time with Jesus, if the thought of that stresses you out, maybe something's out of order. Maybe there's an issue of oversaturation in, in part of our life because if the one who is like, I want to bless you, I wanna resource you in a way that will actually restore your soul to life, and to health, and to beauty, and to wonder, to imagination, to healing. I, I wanna bless you with these things. Remember, I'm the living water, the living water. And if we're like, Jesus sounds good, but I just don't got time for that. Maybe, maybe there's something that is out of order in our soul. Maybe it's time to reevaluate Maybe it's social media. Maybe it's one of these other things like that I mentioned. It's like, God, how can you give me some wisdom here on eliminating some things that I might be able to really drink in the rain? Because my life is feeling oversaturated. Just listen to the words of Jesus. And for many, this is a very familiar passage, but I, I think we could probably read it every Sunday meditated on it every Sunday because we're living in an oversaturated world, an oversaturated culture. It's from Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. Then Jesus said, come to me, 
all of you who are oversaturated. Uh, he didn't use that word, but he could have. Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden that I give you is light. In other words, there's still a burden, like there's still like this call to produce, this useful crop, right? There's, there's still this call towards that, but it's like, no, 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 but I'm gonna do this in such a way that like it fits you. It's a burden that fits. It's not one that's gonna like weigh on you so heavily that's like, God, I just, I just don't have time. Listen, if your life has a rhythm that has been more stressful than restful, I just wanna invite you into this week, and I think it's a great week to do this in our holy week, of taking time to say, Jesus, I want to bring you my burdens. God, didn't you go to the cross to take my burdens on you? What a great time in order to say, Jesus, I just wanna create more space for you. All life requires space. All life requires space. Why do we use the shovel? when we're gardening, to drop in seeds, because we're creating space for that life to thrive. And if our lives are oversaturated though, there's no space, there's no room for roots to go down in for it to become productive. But let me just change the direction of this just a little bit because oversaturation doesn't only have to do with the amount of things that are upon our lives. It also has to do, I believe, with what is coming into our lives, the content itself. We aren't just busy, but there's this, in our culture, there's this constant press to force us to deal with things that are very, very weighty, sometimes really ugly and hard. I mean, it's almost impossible to go through a day without being reminded of like the existential threats that are going on in our world. I mean, how do you go through a day without hearing about wars that are actually going on right now? People who are dying, missiles that are being fired, nations rising up against nations, nations calling for more help that they would you know, not be overrun. And not only, you know, because obviously we, we would immediately think of, you know, Russia's, you know, um, encroachment and war against Ukraine. But man, but then there's also these other threats in other parts of the world. And there's other wars going on that we just don't hear about all the time. Google it. No, don't. <laughs> Part of the oversaturation problem. But I mean, we can't go a day, uh, you know, without hearing more about China right? I mean, just rattling that saber, like saying, we're coming for you, Taiwan. 
And by saying coming for you, Taiwan, that also means coming for you, United States, Japan, Philippines, all those countries that would stand maybe with Taiwan. And we're living in this time, this season, where the, like just the weightiness of that. I mean, nuclear capable countries that are raising their fists at each other. And so there's like this threat against our very existence. And then there's, oh yeah, global pandemics. You know, I mean, I saw people this morning wearing masks. Bless the Lord. Man, you, you wear a mask if, if that helps you to just be at peace or, you know, maybe, maybe you're dealing with a little cough and it's like, ah, I don't, you know, I'm just gonna like protect the people around me. Good for you. That's great. There's no problem with that. But there's that reminder, right? I mean, there's this constant reminder. Listen, if you're under 18 years old, man, you don't really have to think too hard about global pandemics because not only like have you lived a big chunk of your life right through like COVID and what we've just experienced and how it just shaped even your, your story over these past years in, in, in a larger percentage of your life than it has for those of us who are over 18. But not only that, but I mean, you just hear about like other threats and other pandemics that could be coming and maybe they'll be worse than COVID. And, and so there's this constant stuff. And then layer on top of that, just the constant talk of climate change and of like deforestation, global deforestation and what happens when icebergs melt and all, just all this stuff. And you're like, ah! There's this weightiness. There's the, there can just be this heavy pressure on our lives. So it's not just the, how busy we are, but it's also this, this content that is just being like, we're, 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 we're saturated with it. And then even just more personally, I mean, those are really big things, but what about just the personal things about maybe a friend, maybe a family member who's dealing with drug or alcohol abuse? You, you, know, you know that in our country right now, about 200 people a day are overdosing, the majority of whom are overdosing on fentanyl. And you know, that's right here in our community. That's not like some other place, that's here. I mean, that's in our schools. Well, why, why would kids be doing that? Come on, just smarten up. No, because oversaturation. Like living this life that is not only busy, but is like so much weight is being placed on our kids and on you and me. They just probably don't have as much life experience or maybe, you know, developed some resiliency, maybe hopefully the way you and I have. Listen, our world is just not only crazy busy, but having to deal with things that are just so weighty and oppressive to our souls. Why is it hard to drink? Why is it hard to be soil that just drinks in? what Jesus has to offer so that we would be blessed, so that we would be blessed. I just wanna finish by reading a couple of scriptures as reminders to us. And you can read along what I'm gonna read 
on the screen if, if that helps you, but you might just want to just sit and close your eyes and just listen. Sometimes just the hearing of the word is really, really helpful. And I'm going to read two passages. The first one is from Isaiah chapter 41. And the prophet writes this. It says, don't be afraid. For I am with you. Don't be discouraged. For I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. Those who attack you will come to nothing. For I hold you by your right hand. I, the Lord, your God, and I say to you, don't be afraid. I am here to help you. Then the first four verses of the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Friends, would you just receive these words from the Lord? He is with you. He is here to help you. He, he knows the time and space that we occupy. He knows the culture in which we're living. He knows the existential threats that we're having to, to deal with. He knows the weightiness of not only what we're going through as a world, but what you're going through personally. He knows your experiences. He knows your hurts. He knows your pains. He knows them intimately. And yet, as Isaiah the prophet said, on behalf of the Lord, I will, up, I will hold you with my victorious right hand. He's also the victor. And as we step into Holy Week, friends, man, we're reminded of Jesus going to the cross, the sacrifice, him taking all of our burdens upon himself. But you know what we're also gonna be celebrating next Sunday morning? Man, we're gonna be celebrating the victor. The victor, the victor. When he says, I am victorious, man, he beat hell, he beat death, he beat everything that came against him. So when he says, I'm gonna help you be victorious, he said, I'm, by, by my victorious right hand, he says, I'm taking your right hand. I'm taking your right hand. And you just get this picture of God coming alongside. I got you. I'm here for you. So that's today's message, folks. 
Listen, yeah. If you are dealing with a sense of oversaturation, great week to give it to the Lord. Great opportunity to say, God, I don't want to carry all this stuff. I don't want to be as busy as I am. Lord, I need to reflect and reevaluate and make changes. If, Lord, if I don't have time to spend with you, the victorious one, who would want to help me and restore my soul, I want to address that. But then, God, I want to give you every weighty issue on my heart. Every dark thing that I, when I close my sleep, my, my eyes, when I go to sleep, these are the images and the pictures. These are the fears. These are the places of brokenness. These are the hurts. He says, I know. Would you give them to me? Would you give them to me? Listen, I have friends that are up here that would love to pray with you, that would love to talk with you, that would love to minister to you. If you're carrying something heavy, man, it, we always conclude with the opportunity to receive ministry. Man, if you're carrying anything heavy today, whether it's your schedule or whether it's fears or whether it's oppression, anxiety, depression, listen, bring it to the Lord by bringing it to someone. Come and just say, listen, would you just pray for me? I'm dealing with, and you could just say it in like two words. They don't need your life story to be able to pray effectively and on point for whatever it is that you're carrying. So Jesus, we conclude this time as we step into Holy Week. God, we acknowledge, Lord, that life is challenging and sometimes this feels downright oppressive. But Jesus, you are greater than anything that I will face. You are the victorious one. So Lord, we come to you today with all of our stuff. We bring it to you. We lay it at your feet and we say, Jesus, I was not designed to carry this. But you have offered to carry it for me. So I give these things to you. All my burdens, all my sin, all my brokenness, and just all the weight of the world, I give it to you today. <sighs> for you are with me. You are with me. Friends, just take as much time as you need today as we dismiss. Come to the altar. Come receive ministry. If you're gonna get baptized, we're gonna have a baptism class that's gonna start in just a couple of minutes in the courier room. If you have somebody that you'd like to invite to join you next Sunday, on Easter Sunday, man, it's gonna be a great word. Oh, I'm so excited just to to share what's in my heart next Sunday. It's gonna be life for people. It's gonna be good. And if you need, know somebody that needs life, man, bring them next Sunday, whether you go on Instagram and shoot them that little invite saying, hey, join me, or we've got some extra little printed out little invites just with the address and time we're meeting next Sunday for Easter. You can pick those up on your way out as well. Be at peace. Let go of whatever needs to be let go of so that you can drink it in, so you can drink in all that he has for you. You're loved.